0: daily gazette company presents the parting shots podcast now here's your host daily gazette sports editor
1: ken Scott.
0: thank you scott Geezy, and welcome to the parting shots podcast available wherever you get your podcast subscribe today Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York. As we get you set for Union College hockey action, the men are home against Yale and Brown, while the women will be at Princeton and Quinnipiac. We'll talk about the Dutch women in just a little bit. But uh, let's t- t- uh, talk about the Dutchman first. And uh, certainly uh, an interesting weekend last weekend at Colgate and Cornell. Probably one of the more interesting, strange, wacky weekends that I can recall in uh, my years of covering Union College hockey. Uh, the way Union won against Colgate and the way Union got s- just s- slapped around by Cornell. Just two different <laughs> for games. It was a qu- crazy, crazy weekend. But let's start with the uh, Colgate game first. And... Um, uh, Union was ahead one nothing in that game in that second period. And uh, late in that second period, two point eight seconds left to be exact. Uh, there was an icing call against Union. The faceoff was in the Union zone uh, to the left uh, uh, faceoff in the left circle. And with two point eight seconds left, uh, Don Vaughn decided you know, to take a chance. Maybe get an ex, uh, get an extra attacker out there. So he pulled goaltender Carter Gelander, uh, thinking maybe try to get a you know, quick goal late there in, in the second period and uh, maybe take the game one one going into the in the locker room going in and getting ready for the third period but like I said all the years I've covered hockey watched hockey I've never seen that play work either way where a team gets a goal off that play or by, by happenstance the uh, opposition scores and empty that goal well it happened. Uh, Owen Ferris wanted the face off cleanly back to Nick Young. And Young quickly fired the shot down the ice and got – the puck got into the net with .5 seconds left. I mean, I watching the game on ESPN+, the camera stopped panning. Because um, they, I, 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 they were the assumption that the period was over. And then the next thing you know, you see Union celebrating. they going to their bench. Uh, uh, Colgate uh, people who handle the lights, uh, turn the lights down as if – Colgate had scored a goal which it wasn't the case um, but um, it uh, it was strange and ended up being the game winning goal because the corner. Uh, Colgate got a goal with just uh, over four minutes left in the third period. And then Ben Tupka got the conventional empty net goal that sealed the 3 1 victory, a game that uh, Union probably did not deserve to win. Uh, they didn't put many shots on goal in that game, but uh, they only got one pass to uh, Gelander and two empty netters. But uh, Union will take the three points. And Union's always had tough goings at, Col- at Colgate over the years, but they, that win was their fourth and six tries at uh, the class of 1965 rink, the uh, facility that. Replaced uh, Star Rink, where Union won three times all time, and I can recall lots of bad games uh, Union played at Star Rink. Uh, but uh, Union got the win. But then the next night, didn't see this one coming at all. It mean, just uh, one of those things that just happened. Uh, Cornell took advantage of uh, power plays and uh, just took Union out of the game in the first period of a 10-1 uh, decision. The first time in uh, Division One regular season play that Union has allowed 10 goals in a game. They did give up 10 to Penn State and that came in the NCAA Tournament Midwest Regional Semifinal back in 2017. But Cornell scored six first-period goals, five of them coming on the power play, four of which came on a five-minute major to uh, Nick Young, who was at the center, obviously center of the uh, everything that went on uh, this weekend, both good and bad. He, had a, he got a um, five-minute major for contact to head when he high-sticked a, a Cornell player. That play went to video review because uh, on ice at the time was not called by the referees. Uh, Cornell coach Mike Schaefer asked for a video review. Then they saw the play, and it was obvious. I mean, it was it was the correct call. And um, it, just from there, Cornell, just everything they fired to the net got past Connor Murphy and then later uh, Kyle Chauvet. It was just just one of those strange, strange nights. Uh, and, and Josh Algy said afterwards when I talked with him following that game, and he reiterated that during Tuesday's immediate availability, that he probably should have called a timeout uh, during that thing, I, I, during that uh, run. He was hoping to get to the media timeout, which, at you don't take a media timeout during a power play, so maybe he wasn't aware of that. But uh, that just was a tough situation. Of course, the last goal Colgate, I'm uh, sorry, Cornell scored in that first period just came about a couple seconds after Nick Young had left the penalty box. So that was, that was a tough one uh, to um, you know, watch. And obviously, the you know, game was over at that point. You're just might of just trying to get through the last 40 minutes. Without embarrassing yourself, and I, I thought you know, I know, Halji has spoken in the past uh, when unions gotten blown out. They have been blown out a few times this year. That you know, some of those games before that they just felt sorry for themselves and sort of just, in effect, cheated the game. Well, this I mean, they didn't have time to feel for them, sorry for themselves. Just the way Cornell just attacked them in a way. They, it was just a just a, pre- a precision job by um the the big red and just you, you just tip your hat and say well you did a great job we'll go try to get you next time well we had the uh, tuesday media availability as we get set for uh The Dutchman playing uh, Yale and Brown this week. And, of course, big games for Union. Uh, Right now they're tied for eighth place with RPI, but RPI holds a tiebreaker edge with more wins in uh, regulation and overtime. Shootout wins do not count toward that. So that's a problem for Union right now. So they have to get some more regulation wins here as the season winds down. Just six games left. In the regular season, uh, while Union may be tied for eighth, uh, Yale and Brown, the teams they play this weekend, are just a point back. And Union is going to face a resurgent Yale team, which shockingly posted back-to-back four-nothing shutouts against Clarkson and Saint Lawrence last week. And this is a team that struggled to score goals, and now all of a sudden they get to get the goal-scoring. They got the defense, and of course, the last time Union faced Yale was a nothing-nothing tie after 65 minutes. Union got the extra point with the shootout victory. And then, of course, they didn't play very well at Brown the pre- that night before they, they went to Yale. And Brown's always been a thorn in Union's side over the years, even when Union was at its uh, height. Uh, we've been playing well and winning uh, ECAC regular season titles, tournament titles, and, of course, a national championship in 2014. So uh, we got to preview uh, those games look and look back at what happened at uh, Colgate and Cornell. Uh, With uh, the players and the coaches, the players were up first. Uh, Connor Murphy, Nick Young, uh, Nate Hanley, and John Prokop are the first to speak. Guys, looking back at Saturday's game, how did it get away from you guys so quickly? And uh, were you guys shell shocked by what happened? Let's start with Connor.
2: Yeah, um, you know it was a frustrating game. Obviously, Um, you know six goals and yeah six goals right in the first period. It's obviously never good. you know, I think it's just one of those things where it came down to preparation and being prepared for the, the start of the game. And, you know, obviously the penalties kind of killed us there. But, you know, it's on us to, to try to, uh, you know, kill those off whenever they happen. But, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty unfortunate that we weren't able to, uh, you know, kind of stick with it there in the first and kind of just lost everything for us for the rest of the game.
3: Yeah, you always got to be ready to go, especially against a team like that. And we just weren't ready from the start. And they pounced on us and took advantage of it.
0: John, what do you learn from this uh, experience of uh, that game? You know, you're coming up with a crucial weekend with Yale and Brown. Uh, you guys are right now tied for eighth uh, for that final playoff spot. Uh, home ice in the first round. But you have Yale and Brown on your tail. So what do you take from that game? What do you learn from it and uh, make sure that uh, you play tighter on Friday?
1: Yeah, I mean, you got to be ready. Uh, going down the stretch here in a playoff time, you got to be ready from the start of the puck and all the way through the end of it. So... I mean, coming up against the Allen Brown this week, and it'll be a big weekend to get back on track here and get hot for the playoffs. So, Nick? Uh,
4: I just think when we start to get away from like what works and our habits and details, that's when we get in trouble. So I think we just learned to, as soon as something happens, kind of get back to the basics, go back to what we know best, and stick within our structure.
0: Nick, you were um, you know, center in two of the biggest plays of the weekend. The, the, the goal... Against Colgate, the empty night goal late in the second period. Of course, the penalty. Let's start with the with the, the goal. What did you see? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I've never seen that in my years of covering hockey, uh, where that you know that that backfires on a coach like that. I mean, how shocked were you that it all worked out in your favor? No, I I mean I was laughing the entire time it happened. But
4: we we originally were just going to kind of fall on the puck and just like let the time run out. We saw the goalie pulled and um, Coach Hodges saying. Rip it. So, kind of just buried my head and took a hard shot.
0: How but, perfect was the off when my own?
4: Uh, that was. I mean, that was crucial. It was just honestly it couldn't have been more perfect. Put it right in the sweet spot. Nice, nice pace.
0: So, and of course, the, the penalty you took there in the major. What lessons do you learn from that? Because I mean, you had to follow through, and then you went up and hit the guy in the face with your stick, and they took a video review for that uh, penalty to be called. So, what do you learn from that?
4: Yeah, I mean, it it happened fast. I was trying to just protect myself. But what I learned is just, you know, keep my hands down, kind of just turn myself so I don't get myself in that situation and just let them hit my shoulder and keep all my hands out of it. Connor, uh, look at last weekend. Um, You know, obviously you try to take away or use motivations from games like Saturday. Or in this instance, is that kind of one of those games where it's like, okay, we just got to flush that one? And then move on to a really big, you know, series this weekend.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of the mindset right now. <coughs> you know, uh, we had met as a team yesterday and kind of addressed it. Did some video on it, but you know, uh, Coach Hodges' message was to just forget about it and, you know, thinking about it and pondering over it's not going to help us. So I think just trying to move on and you know, build off of it and take what we can from it and you know, learn. And then try to just move on and, and just completely forget about everything.
4: And how important was it to get at least you know, one game out of that road trip and grab those three points?
2: Yeah, it's huge. Obviously, like everyone else said, leading down to, to playoffs, it's it's, a, it's starting to become a crucial time in the year, and uh, every every point counts. So um, yeah, I mean, it's it's good that we got at least one of the points there, and uh, you know we've been struggling a little bit on the road as of late, but it's uh, it's good to see that we're starting to come together on the road and we're able to get a point or three points out of that.
5: Seeing how statistically you do happen to do better when you're home as compared to being on the road, how helpful does it feel to have a weekend like this weekend, especially as we're this close to wrapping up the regular season?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, ex- like I said before, you know, it's, it's extremely important. And it's obviously, you know, we I think a lot of the focus is on Saturday's game. Obviously, it was a, a pretty bad game for us. But, um, you know, I think we need to also realize that we did come out with a win on Friday. And I think we really need to focus on that and build off of that game especially. And I think that's really going to carry us into this weekend.
0: For uh, Nate and John, uh, you guys are on the verge of doing something that hasn't been done since the uh, 2007-08 season. That's have two freshmen as the top two in scoring on the team. Uh, what does that mean to you? We'll start with uh, Nate.
3: Um, it's good, like I guess, being able to produce a lot and help out the team as much as we can.
1: Got it. Yeah, I'd say the same for me. I mean, it's nice to help the team produce, but in the end, you kind of just want to help your team win as much as you can, whether it's defensively or offensively. I mean, how important do you think your contributions have been so far this season?
3: Um, I think they've been fairly important.
0: (laughs) You're you're a quiet guy. I mean, you you really don't (laughs) Um, say why. Remind me a little bit. I mean, Bill Belichick is a little bit. <laughs> I need a clip of that one. What's that? I need a clip of that one. How would you describe? Sorry, you, Nate. How would you describe your playing style?
3: Um, I guess just like I like to play offensively, but I guess two-way player, <laughs> play, playmaker.
0: <laughs> what, where did, who? Who were? You, did you watch growing up?
3: Um, I was a big Islander fan, so like John Tavares, Josh Bailey, all those guys.
0: Fucking <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> I'm a Flyers guy. Uh, for you, John, uh, I, I've seen. I mean, I saw. I've seen Shane gossip pair here. Uh, I covered the team the first time around.
1: You,
0: uh, some of the moves you make remind me of him a little bit. Uh, do you? Have you ever watched Shane play at all? Or t- Yeah, t- I mean,
1: I, I played with him in NHL a couple of times <laughs> I was a young kid. But <laughs> <laughs> but, uh,
0: what makes you
6: so uh,
0: strong offensively as had, uh, on the D the side?
1: Um, I don't really know. I guess I was a forward growing up all the way until my junior year of high school, so I've been on the offensive side of the red line more often than not, but I think it's working on my defensive game that will help the team in the end. So. Why the, why the change from offense uh, from a forward to a defenseman? Uh, I just grew really fast, so my coach put me on the back end, because my boots weren't that quick. <laughs> Where was this again, then? At uh, Team Wisconsin. Connor, you obviously you've
0: seen these guys play. you, you being a senior here. How much of their contribution has been uh, a factor for this team, and and obviously this bodes well for the future if okay. you have two freshmen, uh, one two in scoring.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's obviously always a little bit intimidating coming in as a freshman I think and you know they both have have uh, been really comfortable since the start of the year I think and, and they've been really contributing to the team's success and you know I think they're they're obviously a huge part of our um you know us you know making plays and you know getting some offense so um yeah it's definitely important and I think um I think not only these two but there's also a lot of other freshmen that are doing the same thing including Nick on the back end so I think um you know it, it's just important overall for you know these young guys to, to you know kind of step up and I think they've done a really good job with it.
1: John i mean, should I ask you uh, who were your influences growing up? Uh be people like Zach Wierenski was a big one I remember watching him like when I started watching the NHL he was a rookie coming into Columbus and he was always fun to watch and he played with a good pace and everything so. Sean you have any questions? Yeah
6: I have a quick question Connor uh, you got
0: six games to go in the regular season. Are games starting to take more of
4: a playoff view, or is that something you guys work your way uh, toward as the season gets
1: almost over?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we're starting to realize that like these games are, they're, I mean, they're all important, but you know these ones in particular are starting to get extremely important for us, and you know in terms of playoff standings. But um, you know, obviously we want to take everything game by game and just kind of focus on the, the next one, but. Uh, yeah, we definitely realize that, like, this is it's starting to get down to the wire here, and we need to, you know, pick up as many points as we can.
6: Are you guys aware of the standings? I mean, do you guys talk about the standings? I know you all look at them, but is it a conversation piece, especially because the standings are so tight. Spots 8 through 11 and really 12 are, are not that far away.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, we we definitely look at them, and, you know, we understand how, how tight everything is. And um, I think one thing that we mentioned after Saturday's game was that, you know, we could potentially see... Cornell in the in the playoffs at some point so um, you know it's just something that we need to you know kind of realize and if we want to, to move on we're gonna to have to really focus in on like ways to beat them so uh, it's definitely something that we pay attention to
0: now let's hear from uh, Dutchman head coach uh, Josh Sha talking about uh, uh, last weekend and uh, looking ahead to this weekend I um. Yeah, you had a chance to watch the video of uh, what happened Saturday. Can you talk about more of what happened and what do you need to correct?
7: Well, I think you look at the first goal, they, they take a shot on the power play. It's going wide, and it, it deflects and, and bounces in. Um, the guy who hit it kind of fanned on it, so there's a little bit of a bad bounce. And you know, we, we have a relatively young hockey team, ex- especially as far as playing in a tough atmosphere like that. I mean, you look at a lot of guys last year when we we played there it was 50 percent capacity and then before that we didn't play for a season so three three years of classes i've never played in front of a, a fan base like that and um we just it was quicksand a little bit it started the ball started rolling downhill and um we didn't recover from it um uh, i take full responsibility i should have called the timeout to settle us down um with the new challenge rules i was trying to save it Um uh, mistake by me so i take ownership of that um penalty kill struggled um, not going to panic about the penalty kill having a bad night when we've killed is before that game it was 22 of 23 we had killed uh, successfully so I mean super confident that on Friday night if we take a penalty we're going to kill it off and, and we'll be ready to go
0: I mean, How important is it going to be to shake that loss off knowing what's at stake as we mentioned earlier about the uh, standings where they are tied for eighth with RPI although RPI has a tiebreaker right now Yeah, and Yale and Brown are right on your tail
7: yeah, I mean that that game is it's one game. I mean it's obviously it's not the way you want a game to ever go, but I'll just be honest. I mean I haven't had a ton of success there and and beat that team in the playoffs before. So I mean, I think I look back at it the last 4 years I've been a part of teams that were pretty good and I think we got outscored like 22 to 4. So like it, it's a tough place to play and um, you know, We've also been able to to lose, have been a part of teams that have lost there and then beat them in in the ECAC championship. So, um, I'm confident that if we get another crack at them, we'll be ready. And that's our job is to make sure we get another chance at them.
0: I mean, you look at this Yale team coming in Friday. They've struggled score goals all year and they struggle on defense. All of a sudden, they post back to back shutouts against the North Country team. So now they seem like they're a resurgent team coming in here.
7: Yeah, they were very good when we played them. Um, I mean, it was a it was a zero zero game and we won that in the shootout. Um, they'll be ready. They're really well coached. They they play really structured and they're defensively sound so um, we'll, we'll have to be at our best to beat them.
4: Coach is there obviously two very winnable games. You're at home where you've flourished this year. Is there an expectation for number of points you want to get out of this weekend is there like a bottom line like hey guys we have to come out of this weekend
1: with x amount of points
7: no i I think that you know we're focusing on friday right now we got to try to find a way to win friday and then we'll have to regroup and try to find a way to win saturday but i mean for us we're going to have to probably play about 500 hockey if we want to host a playoff game so that for us is is the bare minimum of of what we're shooting for bare
5: minimum but what would you say you know going into the the last no, i say. Well, I get a quick chat. Sean Martin, the TU. No, hope no. Well, um, are you trying to ramp up no, practice or
4: anything
0: to kind of get now. the team into
6: a postseason mode? Um, you know, each game counts so much in the standings. Anyway, is, is that a focus right now?
7: Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, each game, like the intensity picks up and the importance picks up. So for us, yeah, I, th- I think we're in we're in playoff mode, and I think we realize that you know. We want to play home playoff games, so we we need to be ready to go.
1: Do you remember? No.
7: That's <laughs> no, okay. So just
5: with this being your last, you know, kind of regular season game at home, just from your first season as coach, what or, or do you feel like the bare minimum is kind of what you're looking for right now, or are you still trying to, like, achieve, like, as much as?
7: Well, we're trying to move up, I mean, as much as we can, and, I mean, I, I think, you know, For us to probably host a playoff game we need to you know be at that three or four win mark in our next six and um you know ideally you know we're going to play some really good teams here so we got to be ready for every single one of them and i mean we don't set a certain number that you know what we're trying to win we just kind of focus in on friday and then you get your result and then you focus in on saturday so um we want to get on you know a little bit of a run i think you know before you know, we had we had won four out of our last five games before Saturday night. Uh, we were three one and one and with a shootout win. So we feel like we've been playing pretty good hockey. We had a bump in the road on Saturday, and now it's time to get rolling again here on Friday.
5: So there's a lot of logistics going on in your brain right now. Yeah, I mean, it, so how much? But what I'm interested in is how much is it more so just like worrying about like the crew of guys that you have just playing the hockey that you know that they can play, as compared to like the map of all yeah.
7: I don't honestly, I don't like if we go 0-6 but we're ready to play for the first playoff game and we can go on a run I'd rather go 0-6 and we're completely dialed in and ready to go now that that's not what we want we we need to win some games to you know get there but all I care about right now is that we're ready for playoffs like it's that's that's where we're at it's all about you know playing our best hockey you know March 4th or 5th whatever day that is and and then we win a game there and then we we win a series and we go to Placid and we win two games I mean that's that's what it's all about. So if we go zero and six, but then win five, our next five, I, I'd rather take that.
0: Well, Nate Hanley, John probably mentioned yep. that they're going to be if, if things finish the way they do, top two scorers, first freshman since those seven eight. Just talk about what they've meant to this program, and uh, I mean, are you pleasantly surprised they're at the top two in scoring?
7: I mean, I, I'm yeah, I'm. Su- Surprised in any, any year, you have you know first year guys that come in and can lead your team in scoring. But um, I'm not surprised in the sense of I know what kind of ability they have. And um, you know when I was hired, they were two of the first guys I targeted as far as guys to try to bring into the program. And um, you know extremely excited with what they've done. Um, you know both different and they both bring a lot. And um, excited about their year and what they're going to do for us in the future.
0: What did you see in them when you first you know got hired and then went around on the road? got
7: them to come commit oh uh, I think with you know you look at Nate like he's extremely high hockey IQ he can slow the game down he makes players around him better he's uh you know he he's a winner he's gonna you know find ways to to win in whatever he does whether he's you know playing tennis running cross country playing hockey he he's successful in everything he does and he brings that mentality to our locker room and um, you know, John has an unbelievable skating ability. He can uh, get up and down the ice, uh, a ton of poise. Um, you know, we're really fortunate that, you know, a lot of schools had overlooked him and we were able to bring him in here.
0: I mean, as I mentioned to John, that, you know, having covered Shane Gossip there and see, so, seeing what he had done in his three years here, I mean, I see a little bit in that just knowing when to go know, and maybe knowing not when to go. But, I mean, how important is it for, especially a freshman defenseman? to play with and you know beat with and smarts and not you know make the right decision uh, and that that helps
7: the team yeah we're really fortunate with the, with our young d um you know how they've been able to you know settle the game down and really grow into you know veteran defenseman really quick um and i think you know john has that ability to just you know whatever situation is he can skate himself out of it he can he can settle the game down he can you know find the stretch guy for you know sending someone on a breakaway and then on the power plays he's dynamic enough to you know be able to get pucks to the net and and find that open player so um he does a great job for us and thrilled we have him
0: how important is that for down the road for them you know to be what they're doing right now and then uh, getting better as they move along here
7: well, yeah. I mean, everything they've done—it it doesn't mean nothing if they don't, you know, if they don't continue to work and, you know, continue to you know, put the effort in. But I think they're guys that are, you know, going to, you know, help set this program up for the future. And, um, you know, they have that kind of ability. And, you know, hopefully they, you know, continue to to have success for the rest of the year for us. But they're they're that whole class is, is outstanding and so much fun to work with.
4: Coach, you're still very early in your preparation for the week, but can you feel that amongst the guys that there's a heightened urgency and level of anticipation for this series?
7: Well, I think so. I think, you know, it. it everybody was like the bus ride back on Saturday it was like it was tough. You know, you, you feel for the guys like they've they've been playing such good hockey and then, you know, like the wheels sort of fell off for one night. Um, it's one game. I know everybody like makes a big deal about it, but like, is it any different than you know? Like, I, I'm sure if you ask them, they don't even know the loss, the scores of all their losses. But those losses were just as important. This one just sort of stung. I think it's different. I think yeah, you, you realize that if you don't play with detail and habits, that you can, you know, you can have a night like that, and, and that's what happened. So I, I think everybody knows that we got to be ready for Friday, and they're excited about it. What
5: are you hoping to get from not just not just the game itself, but with the fan energy obviously you do better at home as compared to being on the road um
7: maybe kind of giving the
5: fans like one last one last like real emphasis on how the season and your first season went
7: yeah like i i think that they've made a huge difference for us the energy and um just the way the the building you know it's just so loud when when they're loud and i I think it's been um you know made it made it easy transition for me and it's made our guys feel comfortable and it um, you know, we've experienced down on the road when how loud a, and how tough a building can be. So, like, it's kind of nice when we give it to someone else and, you know, have them have to push through that. So, really appreciate all the support and expect them to be really loud Friday and Saturday.
0: I hope you had a chance to read my story on two of uh, Union's best freshmen, Nate Hanley uh, forward and defenseman John Prokop. They are 1-2 in scoring on the team. Hanley on, on top with uh, leading the way here and then uh, Prokop second. If they stay in that spot, they finish 1-2. It doesn't matter what order that they finish in. They'll be just become the third Union freshman duo to finish 1-2 in team scoring in the Division I era. Uh, last time it happened was the 2007-2008 season with Adam Preziznik and Stefan Boilo, And then it happened again in 1993-94, the first time it happened with uh, Chris Ford and Troy Stevens. Well, coming up, we're gonna take a look at the Dutch women as they try to keep their FATE ECAC hockey tournament hopes alive as they head to uh, Princeton and Quinnipiac. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast.
1: If you really wanna know what's going on in your community, you have to read the Daily Gazette. We don't take a side. We're right down the middle and we're gonna to get to the truth.
0: Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity. From the first page to the last page, independent, probing journalism. We're finding out what's going on in the community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are, it's what we do. Hi, this is Clarkson Hockey play-by-play announcer Bob Allfield, and you're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Shot. Welcome back to the podcast as we get you set for Union College Hockey this weekend. Now let's go over to the Dutch women who have four games left in the regular season. They'll play their final road games of the season, uh, Friday at Princeton and Saturday at Quinnipiac. Uh, Union uh, suffered a pair of losses last weekend to uh, Yale, uh, league leading Yale and uh, Brown. And really put their ACAC hockey tournament hosts in dire straits. Uh, mathematically, they're still alive, 11 points left. Uh, they have a game in hand on Harvard, which is in eighth place. Uh, Harvard has the uh, Beanpot Constellation game on the coming Tuesday. Uh, they only have one game this weekend. But realistically, it's, it's going to take a miracle. For our Union to even you know, get get a chance at that, uh, make, making that eighth spot, I mean, go, Quinnipiac is number two in the uh, in the uh, league, and they're one of the top teams in the country, so it's not going to be an easy task. Although Union did beat Princeton uh, earlier earlier this season at Mesa Rink so how are they going to do it? We'll see what happens. Uh, we asked uh, head coach Josh Skiba, uh, forwards Emily King and uh, defenseman Meredith Killian. Guys, realistically, you know, mathematically, you're still alive. The playoff race, 11 points back with four games left. Harvard has three, but realistically, it's going to be a tough road. You have to win all four games, and Harvard's going to lose three. I mean, how do you approach uh, this weekend uh, with, with the games?
6: Um, to plan to win. Plan to win. Right? I think that's what we're going there to, to do. I mean, we beat Princeton once before. Um, you know, I think we want to compete even better against against QPAC, but we're going there to win two games. So I think that's that's our mission. Um, and I think that's our mindset going going in.
8: Yeah, I think just take it one game at a time and don't necessarily um, overlook these last four games and just play till the end and see what happens. You never know what's going to
9: happen. Play to win. Um, I like our team. I think we're full of surprises, and I think that uh, we're not going to give up anytime soon and if there's a chance like we'll be we'll be fighting to the end so
0: I mean, how important I mean, as, as Josh said you guys did meet Princeton earlier in the season you now you have to go down there to Hobie Baker uh, does that give you guys confidence knowing that you, you, if you've beaten them once before you can do it again
9: yeah I think it's going to be a kind of a bloodbath of a game because there's a lot of a lot of rivalry between them but um I think it should be a, a fun game and I think that it, helps us that we did already beat them and, and it helps to see that we can do it again
0: why is there so much rivalry and animosity <laughs> i
9: think we just really uh pissed them off last time or, or made them mad last time <laughs> we played them and so um i think that they're just like really angry that we beat them and so we'll have to keep that going
0: what's going to be the key to having a successful weekend you know, staying alive in this?
9: I think just
8: doing the details and taking care of the D zone first and making sure we stay with our coverage and doing those little things in the D zone will help us transition up ice and then making sure we execute when we get our chances because against Princeton last time we only had a limited amount of chances, but we capitalized, and that's what helped us get the win.
2: Josh, we, your thoughts
6: on that? Um, yeah, I think I think we've got to do a lot of what we did last time. right? We've got to continue to be better defensively. I think we did a great job last time we played Princeton of shutting down their best players. I think we had the mental edge over them big time, uh, but we executed the chances we did get, and I thought we did a great job of that, so I think that's more the message for, for us on Friday. Um, for Saturday, I think it's still the same thing, right? We've got to play to our identity, we've got to continue to be physical, we've got to play fast, um, and we've got to believe that we can go and make plays against uh, a team like QPAC.
0: Yeah, Quinnipiac, obviously ranked in the country, I mean, the top number two team in ECAC hockey.
6: How do you avoid being intimidated by that? I think it's a mindset for us. I think it's just a mindset, and it's part of growth for for this group, is to go into those games um, believing and telling ourselves the right things that we're able to compete against that team. I think we're fully capable of it. I think we have to go and execute, and we have to prove it. But I think when we are able to be in that mindset, we can play with anybody in our league. Do you
5: feel like it's more so battling against... I guess, like, the teams in the season struggles rather than who you're playing across the ice?
6: Um, I think, yeah, I think sometimes we we have to be, we don't we don't want to be our own worst enemy at times, right? Yeah, and I think that's um, something that's that's continued to be growth for, for our team, right? We've got a group, I think, that's transitioning. We've made a lot of strides this year. Uh, we've matured in a lot of different ways. And I think for us is we just need to continue to build that mindset of, how we approach playing uh, the better teams, right? I think we've we've taken care of business against teams that we probably should compete with. It's just taking that next step to make sure we're prepared mentally to to prepare against the better teams in our league. Emily, how do
0: you get that scoring back that you guys had earlier in the season?
4: Um, I think we just gotta
9: be out, uh, you just gotta do it, I guess. You can't like doubt yourself and like on the opportunities that we're given we have to capitalize and like we've been talking a lot about our execution and how we need to be better and like there are a lot of chances that we have to score and we haven't been doing it and we kind of just have to have that like mental mindset where like, if you have that chance like you have you, you just have to do it it should be part of our nature where you just got to start doing it
5: do you feel like you're at a point in the season where you're just like screw it why not us let's just play and who cares whoever we're playing?
9: Yeah, yeah, you should say yeah. it's our team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you
5: know what I mean? I know you had mentioned that like it, it, it kind of feels good playing against players that maybe are you're a, a little frustrated, or as you said, that maybe might be a little pissed off by you, but do you feel like that helps right now, where you're just kind of like, we have nothing to lose, so why not? It almost kind of feels like you guys have the advantage on that. Yeah.
9: yeah. I think it makes us more dangerous, for sure, because like going into the games again, like we don't have anything to lose, and... They do, and I think that uh, yeah, it just makes it more more exciting, and it gives us more of an edge. I think.
8: Yeah, I think we also happen to like play up a lot, and so I think when we play these teams like Princeton and QPAC and maybe just can throw it all out there and see what happens and see if we can execute and come out on top um, is exciting for us, and it's kind of it drives us, and I think that's what's gonna happen this weekend.
0: Well, let's take a look around uh, ECAC men's hockey this weekend with the uh, schedule. Of course, we told you that uh, Union is hosting Yale and Brown uh, uh, this weekend. Um, so other games going on. RPI will host Brown on Friday at 7 o'clock. Quinnipiac is at Clarkson. Uh, Colgate and Cornell will have their home-and-home this weekend. Uh, Cornell will host a Friday's game, and Colgate will ha- have the Saturday game. Uh, Princeton is at St. Lawrence and Harvard which won its Beanpot semifinal game against uh, Boston College late in overtime on Monday. Uh, They advanced to the championship game on Monday against uh, Northeastern. The Crimson will be at Dartmouth on Friday for their only game of the weekend. On Saturday, uh, Quinnipiacs at St. Lawrence, uh, Princeton at Clarkson. RPI hosts Yale and the Big Red Freakouts, the first Big Red Freakout they'll have a lot of fans since uh, before the pandemic. The uh, 2020 uh, season was the last one where they had a full capacity for uh, the freakout. I obviously, they did not play in the 2020-21 season because uh, the season was canceled. And last year, the attendance was limited to students and uh, faculty and staff of RPI. Nobody from the outside could go. But hopefully, it will draw a big crowd for that big red freakout on Saturday. And as you mentioned, uh, Colgate will host Cornell in the uh, second half of that home and home series uh, at uh, Class of 1965 uh, Rink in uh, Hamilton, New York. So there you have it for this edition of uh, the Union College uh, podcast on the uh, Parting Shots podcast. I'll have a post-game a wrap-up podcast uh, after the games this weekend at Messer so I hope you'll tune in. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, questions or comments about Union Hockey, uh, you can email to me at shot, uh, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, as long as it's not broken by Elon Musk, at Slapshots. The views expressed in the Parni podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette company. The Party Shots Podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports editor Penn Shot. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you Friday night. From uh, the Party Shots Podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.